This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Praise the Lord. We're here to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'd like you to direct your attention to his words in John 18. So this is about Jesus. He had already taught in the upper room discourse his disciples about how he was not abandoning them, but leaving them the Holy Spirit and how they would experience persecution, but that they would overcome as he has overcome. The next morning he is arrested, and uh, we're going to read about that in John 18, verses 1 through 14. When he had finished praying, Jesus, with his disciples, crossed the Kindron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And let's stop there. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts as we look at it together. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this message is, What is Truth? And who upholds it? John 18. If you are reading our daily bread, it's interesting to find out that yesterday they mentioned, will the real person stand up from the game show to tell the truth? A panel of four celebrities would ask questions of three individuals claiming to be the same person. Of course, two are imposters, uh, but it was up to the panel to discern the actual person. And then today's devotion from our daily bread was about truth. It says, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. The poet Emily Dickinson wrote, suggesting that God's 
truth and glory is far too bright for vulnerable human beings to understand and receive all at once. It's best for us to receive and share God's grace and truth in slant, that is, gentle and indirect ways, for the truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. So I do want to encourage you to pick up a copy. We have large print copies as well of our daily bread because I'm going to be making references to your devotions in our daily bread in my future sermons. So see if you can catch those. Regarding what is truth, you remember that at one point, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And what we're going to find out from John chapter 18 is that Jesus alone is truth. Remember, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And compared to Jesus, who is like a straight ruler, everybody else is crooked. Everybody else is misaligned. Everybody else is off bubble. Jesus is the truth. He's the plumb line of accuracy, of reality, of holiness, of all God's beauty. What is truth and who upholds it? So first of all, Judas wasn't truthful. He betrayed Jesus. In John 18, verses 2 to 5, now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they were carrying torches and lanterns and weapons. So Judas was not truthful because his heart was to betray Jesus. Even though he had been with Jesus for three years, and he knew all of the teachings of Jesus and saw all the miracles of Jesus, in his heart of hearts, he was to betray Jesus, and he betrayed him with a kiss. The one I kiss is the one you want. Isn't that the lowest level of betrayal? to kiss someone which is a sign of affection while you are betraying them and turning them over to be arrested when they don't deserve to be arrested. That's what was happening. But notice it says, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, I am he. He uses the I am, which to a Jewish mind would be he's claiming to be God. Yahweh, the name Yahweh is I am who I am. But to Roman soldiers, it may mean nothing except the power, the dignity, the authority of Jesus is so great that when he said, I am he, the people, the soldiers, drew back and fell to the ground. Now notice here it says, Judas the traitor was standing there with them. So he too drew back. He too fell to the ground. And this is an interesting point, that Judas was standing with the enemy. Judas was standing with the enemy. He got to the point where he betrayed Jesus because he stood with the enemy. In the book of Psalms, 
Psalm 1, it says, you don't want to hang around with scoffers. You don't want to stand with scoffers, and you certainly don't want to sit down with scoffers. And there's a progression where you start out talking to them, then you stand with them, then you sit with them. And Judas identified with the enemy. Secondly, Peter wasn't truthful. He denied Jesus. John 18, 17 and 18, he's asked three times. And here's the first time. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter, and he replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was what? Standing with them, warming himself. You see a pattern here? We are not to stand with the enemy. We are not to identify with the world. There should be a distinction between a Christian and someone in the world. But when you get cozy with the world, there's no distinction between you and them. Peter wasn't truthful. He denied Jesus a second time. John 18, 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself, so they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. Peter was untruthful. He denied Jesus. In John 18, 26 to 27, one of the high priest's servants, now get this, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, Malchus, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? So when the detachment of soldiers came to get Jesus, and they had fallen to the ground, and they got up, and they were heading to get Jesus, Peter pulls out a sword, and his aim is so bad that he cuts the man's ear off, not his head off. And Jesus heals Malchus's ear instantaneously so that Peter's not arrested and crucified as well. He protected those entrusted to him. But this man, get the odds, what are the odds of the circumstances of this man having been in the garden, this relative of his, Malchus, and he saw this, he says, aren't you the guy who was swinging that sword like a madman who cut off my relative's ear? He's so busted. There's no way he can get out of that. But again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. Because you remember that Peter had boasted I will die for you, Jesus. And Jesus says, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. And that's exactly what happened. Peter was not faithful because he denied Jesus. The leaders weren't truthful. You can see that Jesus was brought to a number of, of trials. Many were illegal. Many were... Uh, um, terrible um, scenarios of injustice, all to try to get charges against Jesus. When they finally come to the Roman 
uh, official, Pontius Pilate. It says in John 18, 29 to 32, so Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone. You see, the leaders weren't truthful. They wanted to kill Jesus. But in Roman government, they had no power to execute. Only the Roman government did. So they wanted the Roman government to do their dirty work. The leaders weren't truthful. And yet, even in their uh, hatred for Jesus and the desire to destroy Jesus, it says in John 18, 32, this took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. That Jesus said three times before he went to the cross, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be uh, beaten, I'm going to be crucified, and on the third day I'm going to rise again. Three times Jesus said this was going to happen. And it's exactly occurring as he foretold. Now Jesus, in contrast to these, was truthful. We see in John 18, 33 to 37, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is, is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Now notice that retort, that sarcasm, because it's going to come back again. Am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So Jesus is saying, yes, he is a king. He's a king of a spiritual kingdom. He is a king that um, is about truth, and he is the epitome of truth, and we are to listen to and follow King Jesus. How many times in the Gospels have you seen the emphasis on listening to Jesus. In the transfiguration, you have Jesus who is brighter than the sun, and you have Elijah and Moses talking with him, representing the law and the prophets. And then there's a voice from heaven that Peter, James, and John hear. And the voice says, this is my son, listen to him. And all Peter, James, and John see is not Moses, not Elijah, they see Jesus. We're to listen to King Jesus because he speaks the words of life. He speaks the truth. And we are to embrace him and follow him and live in the light of the truth. Now here's a shock. Pilate wasn't truthful. He dismissed Jesus. In John 18, 37 to 38, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. 
And what did Pilate say in response? What is truth? You see that? He has the truth personified, embodied in Jesus, standing before him, and he says, what is truth? He dismisses the very answer to life. If it had nothing to do with politics, uh, he didn't want to hear about it. Well, what is truth? Whatever. Ever hear that word that writes things off? Whatever. That's what he was saying. He had truth right there, and he dismissed it. So there's a warning to you and to me. The warning, first of all, is this. Is there anybody in this room or anyone listening to my voice who could say you're 100% truthful? And the answer is no. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior, and that's Jesus who died on the cross to pay for our sins. The second question is, how can we be truthful? How can we be faithful? And the answer is, as you trust in Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit leads you into all truth and helps you to live a truthful, faithful, holy, Christ-like life. And you are to follow the Lord. Salvation is not just a decision, it's a long walk of obedience in the same direction, heading towards Jesus. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The temptation is to dismiss the truth, to somehow disregard it. And the warning here is, don't you dare. We are to listen to the truth. Follow Jesus. So Judas wasn't truthfully betrayed Jesus. Peter wasn't truthfully denied Jesus. The leaders weren't truthful. They executed Jesus. Jesus was truthful. He is king who testifies to the truth. We are to listen to and follow King Jesus. Pilate wasn't truthful. He dismissed Jesus. Let's not follow his example. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the exhortation we have from John 18 that Jesus, your Son, our Savior and Lord, is the way, the truth, and the life. He has the words of life, the words of truth. And Jesus, we trust in you as our Savior and Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross as you said you would. Thank you for rising from the dead on the third day as you said you would. And thank you that you ascended to the Father at the right hand and you're coming back for us. And everything you say and do is truth. Help us to follow you. Help us to be people of integrity, people of truth, people who are faithful, people who are trustworthy. We have so many imperfections and sins and we fail so often. But Lord, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we say thank you that you want us to walk in the light and the truth as Jesus walks in the light so that the blood of Christ might continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, it's today, as we observe the Lord's Supper, that we say thank you for all you've gone through for us, for our salvation. You didn't deserve to be arrested. You didn't deserve to go to the cross. You didn't deserve to die 
a criminal's death. You didn't deserve to experience the full wrath of God and drink the cup dry of the punishment we deserved. And so we say thank you for your amazing grace. We have received what we don't deserve. Forgiveness, salvation, peace, righteousness. All because of you, Jesus. And we do this, partake in the Lord's Supper, in remembrance of you and with eternal gratitude towards you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The ushers and uh, elders are here to serve you communion. First, the bread will be distributed and hold on to that and we'll receive it together. Then the cup will be distributed, hold on to that and we'll receive it together. And then a basket will be passed around to collect the plastic cups afterwards. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we come to this table, we say thank you for Jesus. That is the bread representing his body, the, blood, the cup representing his blood was given so that we could be forgiven and set right with you, have peace with God through Jesus Christ. So Lord, we celebrate that Jesus is our Passover lamb, that had he not died on the cross, we would all be doomed to hell and destroyed. But thank you, Lord, that Jesus passed over, that Jesus made it possible for us to be passed over, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for that. We love you and praise you as we prepare our hearts to partake. In Jesus' name, amen.
encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.